this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice, and it does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. Hello, thank you for being here. My name is Jill. I am a registered dietitian, and I'm here to smash binge eating. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. It is a really interesting one. I have had the absolute privilege of working with a student dietitian, somebody who's about to embark into the world of nutrition and dietetics. They're going to be in the position of helping people just like you with eating disorders. And I am privileged to interview them for the podcast episode today. This person reached out to me a few weeks ago asking if they could do some placement with me, if they could do some work experience with me before they graduate as a dietitian. And I get these requests frequently and I often have to turn people away because I just don't have the capacity. But what separated this person from the rest is that they said in their very first email to me that, Joe, I have experience with binge eating too. I've struggled with it and I've struggled with it quite recently. And I know that I have lots to learn from you. As you know, binge eating is such a taboo subject. My whole mission is to smash the taboo of binge eating. So when I read in that first email that this person wants to work alongside me and they have their own history of an eating disorder, specifically binge eating, I said, yes, I can work with you. Let's do this together. Let's have you come on the podcast, share your story. And to my absolute delight, they agreed. They have been doing some research for me for a future podcast episodes, which I'm going to be releasing after this one. And it is all on the topic of binge eating and men. Yes, to my absolute surprise, this new dietitian who had reached out to me is a guy. His name is Blair and he is a wonderful human being. He is based in Coventry in the UK, where he is just about to graduate as a dietitian. And he has a really humbling story about his own binge eating. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. A few things I'd like you to know before we get into it. Firstly, Blair does mention the words that I don't like to say in the podcast that begin with O, one is O-W and one is O-B. They relate to weight. I think you know what I'm talking about. So a little trigger warning for that. There's also some mention of numbers in there. So trigger warning for that too. And the last thing is this interview went on for about 30 minutes, I think a little bit longer. So I had to edit it down. I have put the full interview though, the full video. We had a lovely uh, conversation over Zoom. I've put the full video into my binge eating recovery program. So if you are enrolled in my program, if you are working with me in that program, then skip this episode completely because the full unedited raw version is in there too. Blair mentioned that one of the resources that really helped him in his recovery from binge eating was Overcoming Binge Eating, a book by Christopher Fairburn. This is a book I've recommended before on the podcast and Blair recommends it in his binge eating recovery too. I just think I've edited that bit out from today's uh, episode just to keep it shorter. So um, I wanted to let you know that here, that that was one resource that he did say helped him, but I just had to edit out of today's conversation. All right, without further ado, here is the conversation that I had with Blair, who is an upcoming registered dietitian with lived experience of his own binge eating. Enjoy. Blair, you are very welcome to the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. Can you tell me a bit about you, how you came to be here? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm currently a mature student at university studying Coventry. Uh, studying a degree in dietetics, looking to become a registered dietitian in the near future. Um, 
And what got me sort of interested in nutrition in the first place was sort of in my early 20s, I experimented with, um, I went vegetarian at one point, um, then that went on to becoming vegan for a couple of years. And so from that, I developed like an interest in nutrition and eating different foods and the effect they have on me. Um, and I, I tried to find for a long while a career that might um, take that into account. And I was looking to become a chef originally. And then someone actually mentioned to me that there's something called a dietitian, and I could uh, become one of those. Um, so, yeah, then I spent um, the next few years trying to get to college and then I got myself an access course and here I am at university and about to graduate, thankfully. I didn't I'd never heard of a dietitian uh, right the way through until my sort of late 20s, I think. Um, so originally I was thinking of becoming a nutritionist. And it's only when someone mentioned it that um, kind of enlightened this spark. And I thought that's exactly what I'd love to do, you know, um, combine my passion of nutrition and um, yeah, uh, helping as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been ideal, really, especially I've done. I wasn't entirely sure which my 20s which direction I should go in and it took me a long time to figure out so my path, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm absolutely chuffed with the way it's gone. And so you wanted to be a chef for a while. So I'm guessing there's a, a foodie fascination or a foodie love there. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely love food. Always have. And that's kind of maybe the reason I decided to become vegetarian as well is there's such um, a lot of people in the salt vegetarian diet and stuff. And I thought I'd like to experience like uh, see what it's like to actually give it a go. So that's what kind of got me doing that as well. Um, and yeah, like cooking vegetarian meals is always a bit more of a challenge, you know, so it was just out of interest really to see if I could do it. And then I end up feeling good, so I progress with it. But um, yeah, it's always been a passion of mine, food. And yeah. really, really love my food, yeah. From vegetarian into veganism. Yeah. And then um, from there. From there, so yeah, I was vegan for two years. And then I went traveling um, for a couple of years as well, went around Australia and Southeast Asia. And I just knew it wouldn't be practical to be uh, vegan while I was traveling. So I decided to go back to vegetarianism. And then while I was away, um, I was in Southeast Asia and just uh, I just couldn't resist the fish, essentially. You know, so I started eating fish again when I was out in Thailand. And um, yeah, then eventually I went back to full, full blown um, eating meat again as well for a few years. But um, I've kind of settled on pescatarian again these days, the last few years. That's where I've kind of settled. It's funny because there is a higher rate of veganism and vegetarianism in dietitians, which I think is interesting. Yeah, on my course, there's a huge number of vegans, vegetarians. It's really, really, really common. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I have yeah. to ask the question. You reached out to me to, to work with me because of your interest in binge eating. So tell me, where did that come in or what's your story with that? Yeah, sure. So it's, I think it's a bit of an interesting one for me because I was um, quite overweight and became obese in my teenage years. Um, and then I went on a really successful diet at about the age of 20. I lost four stone in weight and it went really well. You know, it felt fantastic. Um, but then shortly afterwards, it's been a long while. I can't remember exactly how long, but um, the binge eating just kind of started. I didn't know what it was initially. Um, and yeah, it took a long time to kind of figure it out. It just, yeah, I really suffered badly with it then for probably a few years, I think, um, at that point in my early 20s. And then for some reason, I'm not entirely sure why it kind of uh, dissipated and it's still always in the background, but um, the binge episodes really um, decreased quite significantly for me. Um, so it became somewhat manageable for a long time and it wasn't affecting my weight or anything like that. Um, so for quite a while, it just went in the background. And it was when I started back in, in education. Um, so what's that? Uh, three or four years ago. That's when it started really uh, getting worse again. Um, and the binge has got more and more frequent to the point it's almost coming like a, a whole week of binging, you know. 
Um, so that's when I decided to um, seek treatment. And I spoke to my doctor and they recommended a um, sort of treatment plan to follow. Um, and that's what really helped me. And it's, yeah, it's kind of fascinating realising all the sorts of things that I thought was, I was benefiting myself doing. And it's actually those things that got me in trouble in the first place, you know. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real sort of education for me. Could you share any of them, any of those things that you thought were helping but weren't? Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of uh, eating healthy, I think, for me, was, um, it was such an important thing for me. Like every every meal, every snack had to be healthy. You know, um, I'd focus on the protein, but also make sure it's low in fat and things like that. And it's just the depriving myself of foods I enjoyed and also leaving myself hungry, you know, constantly. Um, and, yeah, I think that's uh, what became sort of uh, triggers. It's still really difficult for me now. Um, I still think often choose to try and take a healthy option. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's quite difficult to get past that, isn't it? You know, to try and uh, just have the foods you enjoy. Like there yeah. isn't bad foods, you know. So it got it got worse again when you started back at college training yeah, to be a dietitian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I found that quite because um, it when my first year of university, I was really struggling as well with it. And it did feel a strange thing studying to be a dietitian while struggling from such a um, such an issue. And it was quite sort of uh, it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest. Um, it's not something I would have brought, uh, talked about to other students or anything. I did. I've mentioned it to a couple where uh, I've gone later on. But um, yeah, initially it was uh, yeah really embarrassing for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so shameful. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm just I'm smiling along because um, I just hear so much of myself and what you're saying, because when I struggled with binge eating also in my early 20s, but I had just graduated as a dietitian, I could not feed myself without binging. I could not go through a day without binging. And the shame is is just next level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's tough. So, but, but you took yourself to the doctor. Yeah, it got to the point it was affecting my day to day life and then trying to study and getting assignments done and I'd sometimes lose entire weeks where you know you'd just be in a whole week of a binge and you'd wake up you'd eat you'd binge and then till you went to sleep you know I'd sometimes lose almost entire weeks and then trying to do an assignment or studying it felt like I'd need sort of two good days after a binge to feel like I was in a position where I could study that's like how I felt in my headspace and mm-hmm. uh, so it's um yeah got the point I was, really wasn't achieving what I should be in a university um so I decided something has to change so I yeah I went and saw the doctor um and that's where uh, yeah he advised me on this uh this program that I followed and yeah it's been a massive help so what what did he recommend or she recommend what what helped put food plan throughout the day and make sure I'm never hungry essentially because mm-hmm. one thing I always did always after being this I skip breakfast and quite often skip lunch as well try and make back those calories you know mm-hmm. um and it took a long time it's really hard to get over that idea that um eating breakfast is actually going to help you lose weight in a way or at least stop you uh, having these episodes and that was a real tough thing but as soon as I it took a little while but as soon as this um 18 I stuck to it I did notice benefits really quickly wow great okay so it was that powerful to yeah yeah, yeah. it's um the binge eating episodes decreased in frequency really really quickly um they hovered around the sort of maybe once weekly to fortnightly for quite a while um and then there's more of a gradual decrease after that. But initially, the first few weeks, it was, um, yeah, real, real good results for me. Yeah, incredible. Do you see yourself as being better now? I'm definitely or, better. Um, I'd still say I'm on the road to recovery. Um, yeah. The binge episodes are quite infrequent now. Um, it's been now, let me think. It's probably been a few weeks since the last one. And then sometimes you can go a month or two 
no longer, but um, yeah, it's probably every three to four weeks, I'd say at the moment. Yeah. Um, and there's certain triggers, like one thing is if I um, go out with friends on, a, on the weekend or something and have, have alcohol, quite often the next day, that could be a real sort of difficult um, trigger, essentially, you know, mm. uh, willpower is so reduced. So for me, things like that's always a bit more uh, careful. What What do you mean by, by willpower is reduced? When I meet up with friends and we've um, been to pubs the night before and things like that, uh, you're not feeling very well and all you sort of want is uh, sort of comfort foods and things like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously that just kind of goes hand in hand with a binge, really. Um, sometimes I'll go to the supermarket just to satisfy a craving for an item of food and end up getting a full basket of all, all my usual binge foods instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, quite often those sort of things especially when I'm, when I'm away from home. Because um, interesting, when I'm with my friends or socialising, things like that, these binge episodes never happen. It's only when I get back and I'm on my own, you know, and uh, maybe feeling a little bit down because we've had such a good time. Um, and then, yeah, combined with a hangover sometimes, then, uh, yeah, yeah, that can really be a, a trigger for me. It's yeah. rare for someone to binge, like, in the company of others. A true binge, like, of course, we all hmm. go out with friends and eat a lot, like, maybe more than we needed, but to have that sensation of binging, I think, generally comes when we're alone yeah that's something that surprised me about when i started getting help you know because i'd never really considered it in that way you know but then when i realized like uh, oh yeah i do never binge when i'm, I'm with people um so yeah i hadn't really ever put that two and two together you know being a guy yeah it must have been even harder to find resources because there's a lot of lot is focused on women yeah definitely definitely i think it was harder to accept as well um so when I first heard about binge eating, it's probably a similar sort of time. And even as recognised as a you know eating disorder, still I even my I myself suffering from it didn't really believe it. You know, I thought it, yeah. to me even the name kind of made it sound like uh, it was work you could control your willpower. You know, binge eating. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound severe, but um, so it took a long time to be to accept as a real thing, and I suffered a bit rather than you know it's just a lack of willpower or to being greedy. You know, um, but as a man, I think um, you're right. There's not much. Um, available a support available for you there you know and I think probably the shame is even worse you know certainly for me I would never have mentioned I still haven't mentioned it to any friends uh, about it you know um yes yeah, it's a difficult one I think there is a real stigma there for men suffering from eating swords in general and, and especially binge eating yeah for sure my my motto on this podcast is that I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating that's yeah. why I wanted to interview you because men and binge eating is like a whole other taboo you're supposed yeah. to have it all in check. Like you're supposed to just go about your day and eat food when you feel hungry and stop when you're full. Well, exactly. Like as men, we're not supposed to worry about um, the way we eat or how we look and things like that. Is it? It's uh, not something we're supposed to really be concerned about. So, um, yeah, I think uh, certainly for me, <laughs> it hit me quite hard. And I'm sure it's uh, hit a lot of other men out there quite hard as well. Yeah. And probably a lot of people don't realise what's, what's happened to them, you know. Yeah. It just kind of comes on without even realizing that you're being impacted by it is that what you mean yeah yeah exactly yeah. i wish i could remember exactly when it first uh, started affecting me really um i can't remember that uh, that first time it happened you know I remember the period it happened for me okay yeah. I, simply because i remember where i was working and yeah how to remember coming home because typically for me it'd be when i came home from work that would be when i'd have my binge and it would never be in the morning or early afternoon it's always you know, straight after work um and then, yeah, it's been right the way through. So that was my sort of uh, trigger point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on the way home from work. Yeah, exactly. I'd get those feelings probably towards the end of work. 
and I'd be kind of fighting them on the way home, you know, where uh, I get home right now, I can get through this and like five minutes later, you know, I've cracked. And uh, it's difficult as well because I was living with my parents at the time. And so I'd be sort of there having a binge in the lounge while my parents were cooking dinner or whatever. And they, they didn't understand, to be fair, either. They didn't know what's going on. Um, so that was another sort of element of shame for me, you know, kind of hiding it from them and then trying to explain why I'm not hungry for dinner, you know. Mm-hmm. And then quite often it would get to the point where I'd eat to the situation where I'd actually pass out, I'd fall asleep because I've eaten so much I couldn't even function to be all right. I've got to try and sleep this off. Yeah. So I'll be there getting home, wouldn't have dinner, just binge and binge and binge, fall asleep, wake up, and then it's time to for bed, you know. And that's my sort of lifestyle for a long time. Do you think they ever detected something was wrong, your parents? I think they did, yeah. Um, I, I'm still not sure um, they fully understand um, what was going on, but I think they recognised something wasn't quite right. Um, this would have been, let me think, 15 years ago. It would have been about, yeah, 2000 and six 2007 sort mm-hmm. of first started getting affecting me oh yeah um yeah so exactly so the literature and the research wouldn't have been there at the time oh gosh yeah. no we're even close at that time yeah exactly so um so that probably made it more difficult for me at the time to um figure out what's going on uh, i still i constantly tried to um get my way around it by just dieting heavier you know it's obviously a greed issue Horace, that's what we all <laughs> think yeah so i love that you said that you feel that you're on the road to recovery and not saying like, oh, I'm recovered. I don't know if we'll ever be fully, completely recovered. I think it's always going to be a factor, but it's just about how you're managing it and and how it's how often that you're doing it at the time. Yeah, that's certainly how I feel about it at the moment. You know, it's something I'm always going to have to keep a tab on and uh, yeah. keep under wraps because yeah, as much as like I've had episodes where it hasn't happened for months, you know, and then it does kind of rear its ugly head again every now and again, you know. So, um, yeah, it's all about just keeping keep on top of it isn't it? I think yeah just be mindful part of your recovery to continue to binge which sounds like a total paradox but um nothing. Oh, I agree um yeah. but for me like even when they happen quite rarer now still that routine of uh, the next day picking pick myself up and having breakfast yeah. straight away in the morning things like that that it's almost creating a new routine for when it happens yeah. you know yeah um so that's uh it's all part and parcel of it isn't it really yeah and that's become sure. like uh straight in there for me so my Binge episodes, when they happen, are much better at, um, often they're shorter, for one thing, than they used to be. And also, I won't have whole days long episodes. I haven't had one of those in, I don't remember how long, you know. Yeah. So, if they're happening, they're really, I'm quite, quite happy the way that's gone, the way that's developed. Talk to me about how you, as a guy, and okay, you're speaking for all men here, but how, how does diet culture impacts you like what what messages are men exposed to because I can talk for days about the messages that women are exposed to but I'd like to hear from a guy's point of view I think there is a lot of um, pressure on that I think um right through from high school really and secondary school um yeah pressure to yeah, go to the gym I remember at sort of 14 15 years old there's a lot of pressure peer pressure to go to the gym you know build muscle you know anyone with sort of a muscle in the year would be the sort of you know, most respected guys in the year and ever since then it hasn't really changed and you often see on YouTube and in movies, things like that, you have this ideal of the, the male body, if you like. It's always, you know, very muscular, very low body fat, things like that. And I, I don't think that helps at all uh, for us men to try and, um, with our body images, when we see something that's quite unrealistic, to be fair, being presented to us all the time. Um, so I think there's a lot of progress we made for men in general. And I think um, just a lot of men need a bit more awareness for the problems and um, that's not achievable physique. And uh, okay. 
All right. So what, what would you like men to know who are struggling with binging right now? I'd like to, uh, them to know that there's a lot of us out there. It's not just something that affects women. And, you know, the help is out there as well. And it's something that for me, especially when I first started getting affected by it, uh, the research wasn't out there and the treatment wasn't out there as well. Um, so the treatment is out there and like, you can get better. And it just takes that first step in seeking treatment or uh, making a decision to change, you know. Um, and that's something I wish I'd known about earlier. Because yeah. I think as, as men as well, it can uh, progress for us a lot quicker, I think, uh, when we do develop those symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something I'd love to see. Um, just a raising of awareness, really, of uh, men suffering the condition. Why do you think that men develop it quicker or it, it, it gets worse quicker? I'm not sure, really. It's uh, just a bit of research I was doing um, for my work with you. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the research was showing that um, typically um, women are affected from a much younger age and um, men it seems to affect them at a slightly older age. Um, and they tend to be more overweight when they start getting affected by it as well. Um, and for some reason, the symptoms seem to progress a lot faster for men. I'm not entirely sure why that is. Um, that seems to be the case. So that's another reason why like, seeking that treatment is uh, sort of key, really, making that first step. Yeah. And that's never, never too late. I have worked with a couple of women in their 80s who are still struggling with binging. Oh, wow. I'm finding it hard to let go of dieting. So it is never too late. Whoever's listening to this, you are finding this message early. Like you can't seek help right now. So Blair, what's the future for you? What's what's the next step? You're going to qualify as a dietitian in the next few months. Yeah, so I graduate soon. Um, I've got my first um, position as an acute dietitian in the hospital in, in England, uh, which I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, I'd really like myself to uh, go into specialising in eating disorders. I'd like to be a bit more hands-on with people suffering from what I suffer with you know so that's mm-hmm. my real passion going forward get that experience yeah. and try and get in a position where I can I can help and be physically involved with it well let me tell you England needs you the UK needs you Europe needs you <laughs> the world needs you talking about eating disorders, disorders in general there's not enough people who are out there helping people to get through them especially men like there's even less less men so we need you <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much i'll yeah. do my best for men out there well thank you for being so open and honest about it i mean to not talk to friends about it but be happy to share it with me is um it's a real privilege so thank you yeah sure no problem thank you very much for having me. if you found this podcast helpful you are going to greatly benefit from my binge eating recovery program no more second guessing every food choice no more starting a new plan every monday no more pacing up and down your kitchen trying to pull yourself out of a binge. Go to the link in the description of this episode for my binge eating recovery program where you can start your binge eating recovery today. Today.